On this episode of Zen in the Art of Triathlon, we cover what to do after you finally quote-unquote find yourself by racing events that you can't beat. We also cover race and industry news and also how to mix in training while on vacation while I take you with me surfing and paddleboarding with the dolphins at the beach. All right, let's start the show. Here we go. You are listening to Zen in the Art of Triathlon. Hey there, all you triathlon freaks and geeks. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon, the podcast where we do the world's most difficult sport to help find ourselves. Hey, I am in the car on my way home to uh, Who Let the Dogs Out, and I'm also on my way to North Carolina tomorrow to have my annual reunion with some of my uh, high school uh, friends from military school, which will be an experience. We'll try to uh, remain as safe as possible while we go offshore fishing, which will be pretty cool. But this episode, we're going to cover triathlon news and we're going to touch on a little bit of the Zen path to the next level. What is your next level? How to figure it out, how it actually works, how I keep Thinking that I've got it all figured out, and then bam, another other level of Zen comes to mind. So that'll be some really cool stuff that we'll like to talk about. But let's go ahead and get started with the triathlon news. We have a lot going on. Here we go. All right. First on the plate, we have Ironman Montreblanc, which is up there in good old Canada. And it was actually... A really cool race. Lots of interesting stuff happened there. First off, Jordan Rapp won the dang thing, which is really great for him because he has uh, been struggling kind of with some off and on performances, trying to uh, find find back his old form, if you can do such a thing as find back. I'm not sure what that means exactly. But the, uh, the guy got first place, and that's a really big deal. Really big deal to have Jordan back. Everybody's really excited. Okay, so that's the uh, the good thing about the race is Jordan, who's actually been on the show a couple of times and uh, done great interviews, and uh, we've learned a lot from him, has gotten first place. Our man Montreblanc, uh, Mary Beth Ellis, uh, also known as MBE, who's an absolute machine, also won, which is great. I don't know if she's going to Kona, um, for, for sure. Uh, but also there were some other things that happened there at Montreban. Uh, notably there was bike marshals, you know, drafting, anti-drafting marshals on, there was at least one on a bicycle, which is a stealthy way to nail people for drafting. And drafting is something that pisses me off on the bike. You spent all that time training and then you have some yahoos out there that are just, uh, you know, getting an extra couple miles per hour uh, by hardly doing anything, riding off of somebody else, and they grab the spots above you and say you're trying to qualify for something, and oh man, it just oh, I just want to throttle those people, and uh, 
the idea of having a, a marshals out there, you know, on the motorcycles, well, you can kind of see them coming and you can kind of hear them coming and to have uh, stealth bike ninjas out there busting people for this. And apparently they do it with radio. They, they catch up, kind of see that there's some drafting going on and then radio ends that they busted some, some people and they also talk to the cyclists and say, uh, here you go. So I hope that we see a lot more of that. Okay, and then also on the racing front, we had Timberman, which is also in the Northeast United States. And I, I can't recall what the uh, guy's situation is on this, but the women's pro race, holy crap, <laughs> this is good stuff. We had Angela Nath, in first, and this is a half Ironman, Angela Nathan first, uh, Heather Jackson in second, and then Rachel Joyce in third. And this is really cool because Heather Jackson has committed to doing an interview on uh, Zentri, which will be great. We'll have her on there. Rachel Joyce has done an interview. Angela's done tons of interviews. And... I think all three of them are going to Kona. And yeah, Heather Jackson got enough points. Uh, Angela Nath was an automatic because she won Ironman Texas. Um, and then Rachel Joyce is has enough points. I don't know if she won a championship recently or not, but Rachel Joyce has gotten like second or third at Kona um, plenty of times. And uh, to see... Angela Nath, who has never been to Kona to race, uh, beating Rachel Joyce now twice, and now Heather Jackson was in between, means that Kona is going to be crazy on the women's side. Absolutely crazy. And I am super excited to watch the the women's race at Kona and watch that unfold. It's going to be so cool. Oh, and Rachel Joyce got a uh, penalty um, for drafting, but because she was stuck behind a male pro, I think, and the uh, definitely a male and I think a pro, and that is more ammunition for the argument of, look, you need a little bit more time gap between the uh, women pro and the male pro. The, um, the top-end women's pro are faster than the low end of the men's pro and uh, they end up catching each other and then uh, getting stuck behind each other and then getting drafting penalties and the women are at the sour end of this and it sucks for them so we need to fix that keep fixing it okay let's do a little bit of bike news there is definitely some cool bikes coming out we're gonna talk about SIPO and Argon 18 Argon 18 I believe it's from Canada, and they make some beautiful bikes. I've always been a big fan of how Argons look, and Argon 18 has uh, released four new bikes, and the they're just incredible. They're so pretty. You really cannot go wrong with bikes being black, white, and red. There's a there's a saying that there's only it's kind of like a Henry Ford and the Model T. You can have any color you want as long as it's black. <laughs> well, with the uh, with bikes, there are three colors 
that belong on a bike. This is a saying, okay? Because I'm not necessarily saying this is law. Because you may have your beautiful bike that you love. And I've had some cool bikes that are different colors, too. Um, Notably, I've had a beautiful green uh, Schwinn uh, Varsity that I love so much. Uh, um, There's three colors on the bike. And it's black, white, and red. There are no other colors that belong on a bike. And, man, once you see that combination on a bike, oh, it's so great. Okay, anyway... The, uh, the Argons are black, white, and red and variations of, and they're just beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I want you to go check them out. There's an Argon 119 Plus, I think, that is just outrageous. It's so good looking. <laughs> it's like total bike porn. It's unbelievable. Okay, and then Sipo, spelled C-E-E-C, okay, let me start over, C-E-E-P-O, has uh, released some new bikes. And actually, Interbike is coming up soon, so uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. But what's noticeable about their bike, which looks fine, looks really nice, is they had a version of their tri-bike with a disc uh, a disc brake on the front wheel. And it looks good. It actually looks good. And I would say that that is something that you could... Uh, that, uh, not validate, not get away with. You could value, oh, I forgot the word. But anyway, that's something that could be useful if you do triathlons in uh, hilly uh, areas. Uh, a disc brake on the front would be wonderful. would absolutely love one of those. All right, I got to take a short break, and then we'll come back in just a second. Hold on. All right, we are back. Okay. Also in the news, and back to Slow Twitch, we have... A new coaching program coming to light. I'm not sure how far along it is, but Slow Twitch has um, started, yeah, coaching. And this goes in a trend of Ironman starting some, starting a pretty big coaching program, which looks like it may have you know a lot of a lot of people uh, take part in it, a lot of dollars involved. Very big and well-executed program and slow twitches is just an announcement and trying to put it together but the thing about slow twitch is that slow twitch is all about experts and real numbers and real data and it is hard to even get to be a good enough triathlete to even participate on slow twitch (laughs) so if you're a slow twitch coach that's uh some pretty high level shit right there. So, the uh, the thing is, you know, the older and wiser people out there listening to the show will nod their head when I say that it's all these characters just seem to reappear. You know, same, same, same stuff. History just keeps repeating itself. Just different, different characters or same characters in different clothing. So what we got here is a mad grab all of a sudden for uh, coaching, big coaching organizations to get fired up. We see it with like all, you know, types of websites getting big, types of transportation, history, you know. But anyway, that kind of, I believe, wraps up the news. And let's go ahead and do our little Zen talk 
for this show. This is the stuff most people that listen to this show really dig. I get so many emails about this. This is cool, cool stuff. And I promise you, this one, you're going to have to hold on to your handrails because it gets weird, but it gets really good. And I only say it gets weird because it's kind of hard to explain. And that is a a feature of Zen is Zen is in doing and being, not in talking and explaining. Uh, so that's what makes it so difficult <laughs> by nature. It's kind of cool. Uh, the there's a there's a level level. Uh, there's an endpoint. There's not an endpoint. There is a place in Zen where people say that it's hard to wrap your head around. I'm going to get to it here in a second. I'm going to try to say this correctly. Uh, Don't know mind. When you can get to the don't know mind, that is, I don't know, maybe it's enlightenment, maybe not, but it is definitely, you got to watch out for the word achievement in Zen because now you're trying for something and that's trying for something is the opposite of Zen because that's not being something. You already are what you are and trying to be something is the antithesis of that. You're, you're, now you're, you're striving to be something other than you're not. It doesn't mean that you won't get there, but you don't want to try too hard um, because now you're not focused on what's going on right now, right? But let's go ahead and talk about this. The don't know mind is a point where you have learned to not think that you're an expert in everything. <laughs> and uh, the, there's so much going on with that statement. And the place where you can be told things or see things or experience things and really enjoy them and not be attached to how they should be. And Zen, should, is a four-letter word. It is a bad word. That word leads... That, that word is... If there is no sins in Zen, but if there was one, it would be using the word should. Because <laughs> it leaves, leads... It's an indicator of misery, right? And it leads to misery. And the uh, biggest problem here is, well, how do you how do you get to the don't know mind? And this is where it gets great because there are a million ways to get there, and you're faced with them every day. But the general method is you put yourself up, or you get put up against an obstacle that is unbeatable, and triathlon falls squarely into this camp. And then as you try to succeed, you get your ass kicked and you finally learn that you can't win. And in the learning that you can't win, you find out who you really are. It's kind of like until you do so, until you weigh yourself on a scale that can measure something bigger than you, right? Well, then you don't know how much you actually weigh (laughs) because it just says, it'll just read the biggest number that the scale can read. But if the object that you're, that you're uh, grading yourself against is built to handle something way bigger than you and you can't beat it, then now you know your place in the world. And when you know that 
that place, you know where you are, that opens up your world as far as the don't know mind. You can say, well, I don't know this other thing because I've obviously been graded at lower than that. (laughs) And the more you do this, the more you learn uh, that it's okay. You didn't die. See, the ego thinks you're going to die if you don't win. And then so what you do is you lose, but you don't die. And then you get comfortable uh, with not winning and that it's okay. And that there's value in that because you've, you've been over the edge and you've come back and you can tell people what it was like. So triathlon is great for this because there's no way to win in triathlon. And, and in one way you could argue that the uh, only way to win in triathlon, there's only two winners years, the male and female uh, champions of Kona, right? And well, you could say, well, they've got triathlon all figured out. But there's harder triathlons than Kona. And there's longer triathlons than Kona. Like Ultraman, for example. Or uh, the Norseman triathlon. You know? And no matter what you do, you cannot win at triathlon. Let's say you get to be the world's best triathlete. Well, there's still lots and lots of single sport athletes that are way better than you at one of your single sports. And you're considered a joke compared to them, right? And you see this, and I'm talking about, that's real high-level triathlon performances. I'm talking, let's talk about just age grouper, you know, trying to figure it all out. You know, you get kind of good at it, and then you're like, well, I, uh, now I'm going to try this one race. Well, then you get your butt handed to you by better competition. Or, uh, you know, your bike breaks because you uh, weren't taking care of it. And then you realize you can't take care of your bike enough because you got to work too much. And you can't train enough because you got a family and kids. Or you got an injury. Or, you know, life keeps changing. Yesterday, was it yesterday? Yesterday morning, I went out for a run and I had only enough time to do my run. Just barely down to the wire, enough time to do my run that I needed to do. And I get outside with the dog and the dog has no collar. And I'm like, what the fuck? Where's the dog's collar? And it's uh, 5 a.m., 5.30 a.m. I got to go back in the house and I look all over the house for five minutes because I don't want to wake people up for this dog, stupid dog's collar. And then the dog's collar cannot be found. And so I finally have to wake up Emily. Now she's all mad. And then now I'm yelling at her going, I hate rediscovering where all my stuff is every morning to go work out. It eats into my workout time. Whoever took the collar off the dog put the collar back on the dog and the dog's soaking wet because I watered him down with a hose before we started to run before I was going to hook him up to the leash um, so he would stay cool because it's hot here so now he's running around the house you know soaking wet and everything and it's a failure it's an absolute failure and this is you know just 10 minutes earlier I thought I had my run all figured out and I do not have it all figured out because obviously if I had it figured out, I would have been 10 minutes into my run and not wandering around a dark house looking for a dog collar with a soaking wet dog and arguing with people in the dark. Okay, a little side rant right there. Right. Okay, now let's talk about the... Um, oh, and you get older, you know, your body changes, you get an autoimmune thing like vitiligo, for example, just when you start thinking that you're going to, you know, do better in the sport and uh, you train your ass off for a hundred miler and you DNF at 55 miles in, even though you've done the race before and finished and it just goes on and on and on. And so triathlon is wonderful 
for teaching you your place in life. You get on the back end of an Ironman, on the run, by yourself, uh, when there's nobody out there, you know, you're on a section of the course where nobody's cheering and you're kind of by yourself, um, you really discover who you are, right? And that's what we're talking about. You put yourself up against something you can't beat and then you really discover who you are. So there's another example. Uh, I went to the Texas A&M campus to hear a talk given by uh, the science department and they were promoting the uh, MIT funded uh, or started uh, class on Lego robotics. You know, they try to get kids into and they compete and stuff and they have big competition every year and you move on up. The game that they have to beat, they have to build robots to beat a board, to beat like a big playing board, right? And it has to do tasks all around the board. It's a different thing every year. They said, we're going to tell you a little secret. The game can't be beaten. The game has been engineered that they run out of time before they, <laughs> before it can be over. There's no way to beat the game, right? And maybe the kids know it, maybe they don't. But the competition, what they get scored on is how they behave when it gets difficult, right? And they lose points if they start doing unprofessional stuff. How about that? So when you do something that is unbeatable, it shows your true character, right? And it's your true character in moments of humility and like, oh my gosh, where you really get to see what people are made of, right? So somebody, when you see, uh, I was on a bike ride with a friend years ago and he had a flat tire and I saw him take the tire and throw his bike onto the side of the road, right? That says so much about what was going on in his life than anything else ever could have, right? Because it was an unwinnable situation. So how did he react, right? Okay. The another another really good example. I was listening to the Iron Cowboy guy, the guy that did fifty Ironmans uh, in fifty days and in fifty states on the Rich Roll podcast, and they were talking in vague terms about finding yourself and uh, you know doing something really really difficult like that, which is probably like the most difficult thing I've ever heard of, and uh, finding yourself and. I've actually been on the Ritual Podcast before, and one of the things I got Rich and I to say together is, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was so fun. And I was I was thinking about this when, uh, I think his name's James, it was on, uh, everybody calls him Iron Cowboy. He's saying, yeah, you really find yourself out there. But then, like, what's what's next, right? What? They never got to that. And I'm like, yeah, you find yourself out there. Now what? What is... The yourself. Let's say you find yourself in what you're made out of. Now, what do you do with that? Right? Uh, I've done enough Ironmans and struggled so enough, so much, so much enough <laughs> that um, I have found myself and what I'm really made out of uh, on an Ironman course many times and in other races as well and faced with failure and uh all kinds of, you know, situations. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I know who I really am, right? Uh, I know what I'm really made of, right? But now what? What do you do with that? And this is a really good question. And this is something that is, as I alluded to in the beginning of the show, this is the next level. 
what do you do with yourself when you actually have gotten your you've earned your humility and your wisdom and you've learned what you're capable of and what you're not capable of. And let's say you have the growth mindset, you know, you can change, right? So like, I know that I could learn to play guitar a whole lot better and actually, cause it, you know, anybody can and play in front of a group, right? So, uh, I know that I could get better at triathlon. I know I could get better at programming. I know I could get better at job leadership or something like that. Right? So now you know where you are and what you could do what what do you do with that and you're forced to realize that you're not doing the things that you want to do not because of some illusion that um, something's holding you back now you know it's you you are the problem <laughs> that's holding yourself back because the opportunity is there and you know where you are but where do you where do you go and this is actually something that um, I've started thinking a lot about lately and is my next uh, level of studying Zen. And what I love about studying Zen is just when you think that you've got it kind of figured out and how it works, when you think about things enough, and this is why people go meditate off in caves and stuff like that, because if you calm things down and you think about enough, you kind of sort all that you've learned into little boxes in your brain, and you got you got it all organized, and this is how it all works, but then finally you're left with some clutter. And you're like, what's this clutter? Ah, oh, crap. Now i got to sort this, right? And so it's, it's the next, it's your personal next level in, in, uh, in, in your Zen growth and your personal development is uh, you can't win. And here's some clutter. Here's the clutter that you tripped over that kept you from uh, winning. So now where are you going to put that? The thing is, is once you move that, there's more clutter behind it. But I do have a ghost of an idea of something. And basically, I've got the clutter in my arms. I just don't know where to put it. And it goes all the way back to the saying that uh, don't know mind and the, I think it's called the eternal lightness. Uh, oh, anyway, the light, the lightness of being and lightness as in light, sunlight. And it, it's along the lines of, you know what you're made out of. So now there's, you can, you can reach the don't know mind. You're okay with saying, I don't know, and that you, it doesn't bother you, and that that uh, gives you a nice steady uh, base to work from so that you can help people and work with people and, and be there for others and uh, stand strong when needed and not project, falsely project out there that you're something that you're not, which is nice, right? And... Because if you don't know, then if you can admit that you don't know about things, then you can be assured on the things that you do know, which is nice. And then the next question is, what, what is the lightness of being? If, if the don't know mind and the lightness of being is the end result that, you're, that is the final destination, <laughs> which is also a horror movie, <laughs> then... It's something like you're happy 
because you're experiencing the world as it is and anything that comes up and happens, you're okay with. But to, in my mind, that is a bit of a leap. And I haven't quite connected those dots yet with me personally inside, right? I know who I am. I've done things that are I've failed at and I've worked long and hard at uh, things that are difficult. I know the don't know mind is a is a part of that and being able to say I don't know, which I've worked on for years is very liberating. But liberating to do what? Is it to be able to... Uh, I, I think that it's at some point you need contentment, right? And I'm not quite content yet. And why? What's the missing piece? And I'll tell you that in about three months to a few years, I'll figure that out, right? And maybe you'll figure it out too. But then it'll change. And that's the coolest thing about Zen. <laughs> it's constant growth. You will say, ah, I've got this one part figured out. You put it in its boxes and then you trip over something in the room and you go, what is this clutter? Why am I not content with this? Where is the dog collar <laughs> while I'm trying to go on my run? <laughs> right? And I think it also has to do with coming to terms with the world is always changing and learning to love the change. And I think if there's people that, uh, let's say, military situations and uh, military training and emergency response training and first aid and paramedics and stuff, there is nothing like a sudden situation coming up that is difficult, but having all the tools and all the equipment to handle it and handle it well and efficiently, it makes you feel so good, right? It makes you feel really content. And maybe, just maybe, the contentment comes from having enough tools in your, in your bag, your mental bag of tricks, that when change comes because change is constant that you're able to handle it and it doesn't disrupt you and you feel great at successfully at least handling the change and it's you can't win against a uh, car wreck where somebody was really hurt in it right because it's you've already lost somebody's already hurt right but you can win at being prepared and helping that person and maybe making it uh, a better uh, turnout uh, end result than it could have been. And maybe that's, what the, maybe that's what the answer is. And I don't know. I don't know. And that's okay. All right? Okay, let's go ahead and get started with the training log. And after we get into the training log, we'll do the... Um, emails and answering questions and all that cool stuff. And yeah, let's go ahead and get going. Here we go. Uh, we're going to do 
uh, questions, notes and letters, cards and letters, <laughs> as Vinny Tortorich says. Uh, next, but I want to mention that Sound Probiotics, who's a sponsor of this show, is going to do something really cool. I'm doing a self-supported Ultraman, Ultraman uh, where I'm going to... Uh, be out there not knowing and failing great at a great <laughs> at a great level <laughs> and having a lot of fun and telling you all about it uh, around the weekend of October 10th with which I think is the um, same weekend as Kona which I've also failed to qualify for many times over and the uh, Ultraman a self-supported Ultraman, which is three days. It's huge. Six mile, 6.2 mile swim, followed by like a 90 mile bike ride. That's day one. Day two is about 170 something mile bike ride. And then day three is a double marathon, 52 point whatever miles of running. And actually I'm going to tack on a mile somewhere just in honor of the, uh, of the distance. And uh, Sound Probiotics is going to sponsor the event it's not really a race and the uh, they're going to sponsor the event uh, by pitching in to help get the belt buckles that we're going to have made for the finishers so that's going to be really cool so i want to give a big shout out to sound probiotics go to soundprobiotics.com and they are obviously very much true to the sport and understand zen and the art of triathlon and what all this good stuff is all about cool all right let's get started with some cards and letters all right we are back with our cards and letters i am live to you accidentally live i don't know uh, live in the past uh in the training room the upstairs dungeon here at the zentri uh, home studios and i got the uh, bmc on the uh on the cycle ops trainer fluid two trainer over here on my right and a treadmill we're now uh Looking down over the street, we got a two-story little place, and uh, it's cool. I got my stand-up paddleboard paddle on purpose, leaning against the wall, because I like it there. It makes me think of other sports besides triathlon that I do, and a guitar, just a junky guitar, and then. Uh, but it's cool to have it kind of out. Oh, and a surfboard which actually is probably going to get moved to the garage, even though I do kind of want it up here. But that's an argument with Emily uh, for another time. And I'm drinking out of the Keurig. A, uh, I almost made a Maxwell House coffee. They make little Keurig one-shot things, and that is terrible coffee. <laughs> so I've got one of these uh, Green Mountain Nantucket blend ones, which is way better. Mm. So let's go over our... Uh, emails and what's going on out here in the world. And first off, John, John Nathan is his name on Strava. And he says, uh, he commented on a workout that I was doing. And because uh, I upload most of my stuff to Strava. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> my buddy Daniel went out on a workout. This is what an excellent cyclist he is. And he's 48 or 49 years old. And he went out and um, he emailed me a list of all the king of the mountains that he got in our area. He got six in one afternoon. So it goes to show you, as you age, you can get better and better and better at cycling. You don't start declining in cycling ability until you're like 60-something. So you've got lots more time to get better on the bike. It's really, really cool. Anyway, uh, 
John Nathan said on Strava uh, that I was listening to your podcast about you running from your new house as I was running around Pasadena, California. And I, there's more than one Pasadena. And I come home to see a run posted from you running around your new house <laughs> on Strava. Uh, synchronicity, exclamation point. Uh, really enjoy what you do for triathlon and podcasting. Keep it up. Two exclamation points. And then he wrote in parentheses, two exclamation points. <laughs> so if you don't know on this show um i get a kick when people use exclamation points kick out of it so i always mention it because it's hard to uh to communicate that uh that they use exclamation points without yelling all right yeah man i uh post my workouts to strava and it's cool i really enjoy it i like to uh, see where the local uh, king of the mountains are around and go out and try to nail one and we don't have any strava run segments in my area worth noting that i've noticed uh but you know we will someday and uh yeah really really cool okay we've got more donations from john r taylor matthew froes Allison Frutos, longtime donors, these guys uh, and gals. Ken Soderquist, uh, Erica Dennison, and Il Sunyal, and Iron Rat. And he sent in a letter and he wrote, Oh, this is good. This is a long one. Great episode, Brett. Feels like I need an exclamation point here, but I'll resist the temptation, period. Longtime listener, first time commenting. I like the idea you presented of the PLPCEM. Pursed lips, puffed cheeks, exhale method while swimming. Seems like it would work, and I look forward to trying it. Yeah, you should, man. It works really great. Um, This is where you create back pressure on your lungs by uh, pursing your lips when you breathe out, even before you need to, and it uh, reduces your need to breathe while swimming, and you can swim harder or faster with less effort. That's what he's talking about. Uh, Have you ever heard of using the Mio Link? Uh, which is an optical wrist heart rate monitor, on the same arm as a Garmin to record heart rate during a swim. I haven't tried it, but supposedly it will sync heart rate data each time on the recovery when your arm is out of the water. No, I don't... Oh, maybe. Anyway, seems pretty cool, but you also have to use activity profiles such as run since Garmin doesn't record heart rate during the swim activities, but perhaps this has changed with their new heart rate strap, which has a memory chip in it, which will sync up your um, your heart rate. It records your heart rate for a while, and then you can sync it up later. Okay, I also appreciate the location. Okay, we're going to get to the Zen stuff here in a second. Um, let me answer your question on this. Heart rate while swimming is, uh, I'll tell you what, when you get heart rate on your wrist while swimming, um, where you, and you're good enough at it where you can look at your wrist when you do a flip turn or so, and, uh, and it's live heart rate, that is the golden, uh, that's the brass ring, the golden egg, I don't know. But the thing is, what, what you do is you do it in training, um, running and biking and memorize how you feel and then you'll you'll have a really there's a lot of people that could tell you their heart rate within a few beats at any time whether they're wearing a heart rate strap or not right and uh that's how good you want to get and then you just carry that over into the water and i can tell you that michael phelps and soon yang uh and um mark spitz and a whole long list of everybody that's incredible swimmers that are far better than you and I could ever be put together times 12 uh, got that way without using heart rate in the pool. So 
Don't worry about it too much. Now, the thing is, I've tried several devices, and old school Polar will give you heart rate in the uh, pool, and because it uses an analog signal, and then instead of digital, like the new ones that won't work in the water. Um, Mio, okay, great, Mio, fine, but as a triathlete, I use a universal platform to record everything, all kinds of sports, and one that's good, and one that will talk to training peaks, and one that uploads wirelessly and has the fewest amount of problems, and when you start getting down to that area, now you're talking Garmin Polar and Sunto, for sure, uh, are your um, best bets as far as devices. And Mio doesn't fall into that. You know, they probably got their own proprietary thing. Does it upload uh, automatically? Because we're trying to save time as triathletes. Uh, anything in triathlon as an age grouper, anything that takes any extra amount of time is a thumbs down, right? It's got to be simple and work and be hands off so that it just works with minimal, minimal interference. And uh, right now, my choice for all that is the Garmin um, 9, what are we on, the 920? Uh, and the, um, because it uploads wirelessly to the phone, the phone does it to the, to, the, um, to the internet. And then the Garmin platform, this thing will also, because it's an activity tracker, it's all in one, it'll tell you how much sleep you're getting. And everybody that knows anything will tell you that sleep is the most important thing. So now we're talking one device that I can wear all the time that records my sleep and my workouts. And then um, I have tried something pretty cool, and I forgot who makes it, but it does heart rate um, uh, through a infrared sensor, kind of like these other ones, uh, through your earlobe, and you clip it to your goggles, and then through jawbone conduction, it reads off your heart rate into your ear, sort of, um, with an audible, you know, 138, 162, right? And it does it on a regular basis by getting heart rate through your ear and uh, because it can see your pulse through your earlobe. It's a little clip that you wear on your earlobe. That's pretty freaking cool. <laughs> I mean, that's really cool. Now, does it record it and upload it to someplace? No. Now, um, but you could wear it while running. I was so excited about it. I remember emailing Angela Nath when she was just switching over to trying to get better at uh, Ironmans a long time ago. You got to try this. This is so cool. And she was like, yeah, that's nice. And then uh, she got it, probably gets emails like 10 a day from people trying to tell her what to do and or help out. And the, uh, the thing is, is it was a little bit flaky on reliability. Like sometimes it wouldn't read heart rate even though it should have. Right, so there we go. We got fiddling with something. Thumbs down. <laughs> like, nope. Eventually, quit using it. Now, this new Garmin watch, these new Garmin watches that are coming out, that have um, uh, the Garmin Forerunner twenty five or two twenty five. I don't know, whatever. But they have. Um, there's one that reads pulse through the wrist and not needing to wear a heart rate strap. So what are we talking about here? Are we talking about something that could actually be used um, uh, in the pool? I know people have tested this method in the pool, and it works pretty good. So maybe you should wait and see um, Garmin Polar Sunto uh, when they have a swim watch that takes heart rate uh, through the wrist. 
or the triathlon, the triathlon watch that takes heart rate through the, through the wrist. I would wait for that. Then you're all on one platform and everything works. Okay. Uh, Iron Rat continues. And I like your name, by the way. I thought about, I'm not going to reveal the name. I'm thinking about changing mine too on some of my stuff because it's really funny. Um, I also appreciate the low key. This is him continuing to talk. I also appreciate the low key Zen training log and your time in San Diego without a bike. All right. Iron Rat continues with, I also appreciate the low key Zen training log and your time in San Diego without a bike. Yeah, I went to San Diego. I go to San Diego every summer, pretty much. Sometimes I don't. And then uh, uh, I usually you know, fret about having a bike to train with. And I actually used my vacation as downtime from training and didn't bring my bike, which was nice. And then I had to walk around a lot, which was nice. Um, have you heard of spinlister.com? You can rent all kinds of bikes from all sorts of private individuals for a fraction of the price. Uh, next time you find yourself without a bike but in need of a spin, it might not be a bad option. Keep up the good work. Yes, I have. And uh, last summer, I kind of looked into him and then found a Zentri fan that turned into a buddy. And he uh, let me borrow his bike, which was pretty cool. Which shows you the value of Twitter and having making friends on Twitter because you can tweet out to people all over the world, hey, I need a bike. I need a job. <laughs> I, need, I need bread. I need Gatorade. Anybody want to help? By the way, I need, by the way, uh, the, um, the swim portion of the Ultra Baby, uh, I need a few people with kayaks. So I need to tweet about that or uh, hit me up on Twitter. I'm Zen Triathlon on Twitter. And uh, let me know. It's the weekend of, of uh, October 10th, but it's the Friday. So that's a little bit difficult, I know, for people. And you got to be ready to go at daybreak at this lake and uh, in Bryan, Texas. And the um, it's called Lake Bryan, B-R-Y-A-N. And we got to be kayaked up and ready to go at daybreak, which is uh, 7.15 or something like that uh, in the morning. So if you want to do that, if you live in the area and you want to kayak six miles at a casual pace, um, back across the lake, back across the lake, across the lake, back across the lake, and then halfway across and then back again, then uh, you can uh, let me know. All right? Cool. On Twitter. I'm Zen Triathlon on Twitter. Okay. More donations and people here. Nathan, Nathaniel. Uh, Lebec, sent in a donation. Michael Radogna, sent in a donation. Brett Hoyer, who has the coolest first name in triathlon. And Simon Wright. Let me take another sip of coffee here. And John R. Taylor. And Connor Sanders. Thank you so much for supporting the show. All right. The way you support the show, if you want your name read on the show is you go to zentrathon.com and there I put show notes and uh, you can play the uh, podcast right through the uh, webpage through sound, a little SoundCloud little app that plays. It's really cool. And you can um, go down on the left-hand side and there's a PayPal donation button and you can uh, either do a one-time 
and or a, a recurring. Recurring is less than four bucks a month, and that's uh, really cool. It's like a dollar an episode or so uh, if you if you dole it out, and you're helping support a show that uh, is hopefully and most certainly uh, trying to bring you lots of helpful tips so that we can all be out there doing some sort of multi-sport or single sport, but endurance sports or something good for you and maybe uh, having a little bit of zen in your life to make things uh, rock and roll. And that's how I know I'm doing a good job is by donations rolling in. It doesn't have to be much. And then once you have donated, you have my uh, email address and you can send me a question anytime you want and I'll answer it on the show. And if it's... um, uh, important uh, timely, time-wise, uh, you need a prompt response, I'll just send you an email back through, um, back through, back through email and let you know the, que- the answer to the question. Like, what FTP? My FTP is 250 watts. What should I bike for a half Ironman that's hilly? <laughs> How do I do that? All right, I'm just making up a question. Well, uh, that kind of depends on your experience. So the more experience you know, uh, more towards 80%, 85% of your FTP. And then also, um, if it's hilly, then uh, you need to watch out going on the uphills and don't spend more than three minutes uh, at uh, or above threshold. And do um, use normalized power instead of power power, average regular average power. And that, uh, because that takes into account for surging and you will surge more going uphill and because your race has hills in it instead of a nice, even flat race, like, um, like Galveston, for example. So that's like a typical answer I would give you. Good stuff. Okay. Let's see. We need to mention a sponsor or two before we get going. Chris Haig racing. Chris Haig is awesome. Check him out. Chris Haig, H A G U E racing. And I am a proud supporter of Chris Haig Racing. This guy is incredible, super enthusiastic, super bright, smart, young, has, uh, but not that young, and he's a teacher and has lots and lots of experience and worked at a tri shop in the D.C. area and also raced track in college and also uh, beat the crap out of me in a half Ironman or two. And he complimented my swim form, so um, I'm really a big fan now. <laughs> but anyway, check him out. And also, I think I mentioned Amrita bars towards the end of the show. I'm having a tons, a tons. I'm having a ton of success with getting up in the morning and eating either half or a full Amrita bar with a cup of coffee and, uh, and some water, and kind of sitting around for a little bit, surfing the internet to catch up on the news, uh, waiting for you know, half an hour, an hour at the most, and then uh, maybe half an hour, 45 minutes, and then uh, heading out for my workout in the morning. And it goes down perfectly. Wonderful results from them. 15% off, discount code ZEN at amritahealthfoods.com. And when I say this all over again towards the end of the show, because I've already recorded the end of the show, (laughs) please be tolerant. Okay, um, Hornet Juice. Oh my gosh. I keep getting emails and reorders from people on Hornet Juice. And the coolest thing about Hornet Juice is when I sell it through the podcast, I get a few bucks off of every order. And the more you order, the more you're helping yourself get this really cool 
a protein amino acid mix uh, that helps your workouts rock, which I'll talk about in a second. But then a little bit goes back to Zentri and helps keep the show on the air, which is super cool because you're getting something cool and improving yourself and you're helping somebody at the same time uh, do something that you find uh, enjoyable. So all around, everybody wins and Hornet Juice wins too. Okay, so Hornet Juice is a synthetic amino acid mix um, based on, I don't know how synthetic it is. I mean, it's real amino acids, but it's based on the uh, Japanese killer hornet saliva. No joke, not kidding. That's what <laughs> it is. And it's uh, the, the Japanese killer hornet is the most uh, longest flying, in, heaviest insect that goes the furthest distance for its body weight on no food and it does it by its own saliva has in it amino acids that turns on fat burning so it's a big heavy insect that's got fat reserves and it can just fly and fly and fly and fly and uh, it does it with this amino acid mix and scientists sat down figured out the ratio of certain amino acids and then blended it up themselves, turned it into a powder, put it in packets, and then you can try it, and it is crazy how well it works. You will not get a jittery high like caffeine because it's not a stimulant, but what you will get is when you're doing a workout, you will feel like you are a diesel train that has unending, amazing levels of consistent level energy. It is nuts. It is really, really cool. And I highly recommend it. I've used it so many times and it is just absolutely amazing. Um, one packet lasts an hour and a half, not just half an hour. So one packet is an hour and a half. And I'm trying to think about what else about it is so cool. I absolutely love this stuff. They're huge supporters of, of triathlon. Uh, they use it, uh, before boxing matches so that people can uh, last longer. Uh, without going down and it just goes on and on it's like really cool so you can get hornet juice on the right side of zentri you scroll down and there's a link to it and uh, what typically happens is people order a 10 pack and then they go oh my god this is so good and they come back and order like a 30 or a 60 <laughs> it's crazy and uh, the amount of return orders i get is an indicator of how well it works and it's Four out of five orders are a return order, and that's a really good indicator of how well uh, everybody likes it and everybody's using it. So join in, man. Don't let your competition use it, and you not. So check it out. That's how you help support Zentry. All right, do we have anything else? I think that's it. Let's go ahead and get started with the training log. Uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we go to Port Aransas. And I talk plenty about Port Aransas. It's an island town. Uh, we go there for summer vacation. And I talk about how I managed to get uh, training in, in spite of it being vacation, because I do the training as fun. I go for beach runs. I go paddle boarding with dolphins. And I also, um, what else do I do? I go surfing. Surfing. And I wear my Garmin 920 XT while surfing and paddle boarding. And I record... Um, that is a workout, kind of as a as a rowing or swimming workout, and it's posted online, and you can check it out. Uh, when I, you can see when I catch waves and when I'm paddling, um, in an hour surfing session, I uh, went 2.4 miles surfing, sorta, you know, 
you're kind of paddling and then catch a wave, paddling and catch a wave. And then the dolphins were just so cool. Paddleboarding with the dolphins off into this into the sunrise was pretty neat. Alright, that's it. Let's get started with the training log. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi everybody, my name is Brett. I'm a trap. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on, dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! Yeah! I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself. All right, welcome to a new training log. Start eight. I don't know. I'll tell you in a second. I gotta save my swim. <laughs> Get my Garmin off the swim. I'm coming to you from. Port Aransas, Texas, which is a island town that's lost in the 80s that I absolutely love. And I just got finished swimming this resort that we're staying at. These condos, I wouldn't really, well, I guess it's sort of a resort, mini resort, is uh, has a lap pool, a two-lane lap pool. Looks like it's about 25 meters long. I just swam for an hour and I'm, uh, they opened at seven of course had to get the uh, lifeguards to there we go open up the pool at 7.10 <laughs> because we are on island time and you have to take a ferry to get over here I think this is our third summer coming here and the past two summers we've stayed at this one place that was okay but then we saw this place and it has this epic series of five pools that are all connected to each other and also a lap lane pool um, so we decided to come here. It's got a little restaurant, which is overpriced, like ridiculously overpriced. And uh, maybe if we get lucky here in a second, we'll hear a laughing seagull go overhead, which is awesome when you hear them. There'll be a lot more later. And I was just swimming with a um, another guy, an older guy who uh, is from Austin. And we were talking about the... Uh, differences between Austin and College Station between laps and uh, I was doing the um, seven minutes easy three minutes uh, just above race pace uh, workout and you so that takes 10 minutes total and you just keep keep going for an hour seven minutes easy three minutes hard and then uh, right after your three minutes hard part of your seven minutes easy the first uh, first bit of that like walk uh, 25 yards. It's kind of like coasting on the bike or walking on the run. Just walk 25 yards, take a sip of water. And, oh man, the water. There's a laughing goal. Maybe I'll hear it when it gets closer. They're really funny. They're like hyenas. <laughs> uh, then uh, the water's hot because it is 100, 105 down here and 100% um, humidity off and on most of the time. I mean, it's just water, humidity, uh, just dripping off of everything. And uh, Kai brought a friend with them. So they're uh, keeping each other entertained. And Emily and I are acting like parents, like quit asking us stuff, just go play. <laughs> There's lifeguards at this pool. The place is called Port Royal. Um, and it's not a port. It's just a, uh, it's just a place. But, uh, Everything's up on stilts, columns, you know, uh, sand dunes between us and the beach. We went out to the beach last night 
And unlike Galveston, which is the northern end of the uh, Texas shoreline, uh, once we get down here, we're really close to Corpus Christi. Once you get about down to the middle of the Texas coastline, the water starts getting really clear and uh, almost, almost Caribbean. You get down to South Padre Island, which is the southern tip of Texas, where I spent two years of my life. The, uh, the water's really clear. It's nice. And um, or better clear. I wouldn't say it's extraordinary, but it's much better. And yeah, lots of people from Houston, Alice, Houston, Dallas, and Austin come down here to stay. I get to the coast, and it's just nice. Um, swimming, uh, yeah, the water's really, really hot. It's probably 84 or something, <laughs> but it's in the sun all day. Um, and I don't think there's much they can do about it. So I don't have the disability of long hair, as I like to say. Um, so my hair's plenty short. And uh, I took off my swim cap and just swam without it. And it cooled me off enough. And then doing the intervals where you walk a little bit um, and then swim easy would cool me down. Uh, during the three minutes hard, definitely start uh, getting... A little cooked <laughs> I would put it that way and uh, this is a uh, nice vacation where I'm not supposed to be working out much and Emily and I agreed that is that somebody vaping up there on the ferry over here uh, Emily said she saw a guy in the car next to us load up a bong and just go to town on it and I said well it may be vaping um, but maybe not I don't know <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> and then uh, oh you get out your, the car ride on the ferry is like three minutes. It's not far at all. And uh, uh, you get out and kind of walk around the ferry boat and then get out on the other side. Um, but a lot of people just stay in their car for the three minutes because it's so hot. You just leave your car running. And uh, No, they make you turn your car off? I can't remember. Anyway, it wasn't me that was bonging. And uh, this morning got up. We got here yesterday evening. And then this morning, uh, it went out to the beach last night. And then this morning, um, I got up, kids were tired, Emily's tired because all the time in the pool last night. And then uh, I see a kid doing something kind of dangerous over there right now on, this, on the edge of something. And, and because this is Texas and not England or California, <laughs> no one, there's no rules. You just do whatever. <laughs> no safety. I like it actually and uh, there's a volleyball net across the pool the lap lane pool that I uh, took down so I could swim laps without hitting it uh, with my arm and uh, that's, I now see two maintenance guys pointing at it they look a little frustrated like maybe they're mad at me and then uh, but anyway got up this morning around 5.30 had a couple cups of coffee and some water, and what else did I do? Um, oh, uh, hummus. I got hummus before we uh, left College Station, so did the smart thing, and before we left town, um, we packed up a bunch of healthy food and tried to eat it, which we didn't eat lots of it. Yeah, I'm going to put it back if y'all want me to. Yeah, because it, it's hard to get around all the way, isn't it? I was hitting it with my arm while I was swimming. I'm sorry. 
and uh, so this volleyball net sags, and then um, uh, I was hitting it with my hand, so I took it down. Anyway, the um, uh, hummus on some Genesis bread, which is made from scripture uh, uh, recipe out of the Old Testament, I think, where it's like punishment bread, actually. It's supposed to be, they just clip out part of the scripture, and they're like, see how healthy this is? And God said unto thee, you know, take oats and barley and, and millet and whatever. And then they leave out the rest of the quote, and they're like, and cook it over human excrement, <laughs> and that's what you will eat for punishment for whatever you did. <laughs> so I call it punishment bread. But anyway, it's really slow carb. And uh, so that with the hummus. Hummus is really beans, olive oil. It's garbanzo beans and olive oil. And um, what else does it have in it? Well, that's really it. Uh, tahini and some other stuff. And sea salt if it's good. A little bit of, a little bit of oil. And um, it's nice and slow. Uh, and then op cracked open an Amrita bar and nibbled on part of it on the way down to the pool. And then swam, and then twice during my swimming, I uh, nibbled on uh, a little little small bite of it again with a bottle of water next to the pool, and uh, finished out my swim for an hour, and um, just got real nice, slow, even dose of energy, which is nice. So now I'm about to uh, head back up to the to the room and uh, see what we can do as far as what's going on today. I brought the paddleboard and the surfboard. And uh, we go into town and ride golf carts around, which is uh, kind of fun. And uh, lots of beach stuff here for a few days. It's going to be cool. All right. That's it for now. I'll be back later with what goes down and some more uh, training tips. How to get things done. There's no place really to run or bike around here. And I didn't bring my bike. Um, but there's four flights of stairs. So I might run around the parking lot and walk up and down stairs uh, later on today just to get some exercise. And, uh, I'm taking it easy-ish, um, but also once you're used to exercising, it's more stressful. And I'm on vacation, and you don't want stress on vacation. It's actually more stress to not exercise at all than uh, than uh, you know if it bothers you that you're not exercising. Maybe you should exercise some. So I kind of see how it goes, and uh, just not create a big deal about it. All right, that's it. Bang. So I'm up in the. Uh, the hotel, no, condo, whatever, it's small, uh, room, and uh, now just a few minutes later, and actually it's about an hour later, but I was up here about a few minutes later, and I'm uh, feeling a little itchy, so I reached down and scratched my butt, and my hand goes clear through my swimsuit and in the, the crack of my ass, and I'm like, whoa, and my swimsuit had split down the uh, butt majorly probably eight to ten inches long <laughs> all the way <laughs> and then I start these swimsuits you know uh, when they split in the butt they split big time and they're good up until they finally do and uh, it's these uh, jammers they tend to do that for some reason I guess the legs pull on them or something anyway I uh, then I I, repl I uh, replay through my head. 
Uh, I was swimming. There was a couple. It was early in the morning, but there was a couple people out on the balconies up high watching. So I'm like, every time I was doing a flip turn, was my ass showing? And um, every time I was doing a flip turn, uh, and then is it just your ass, or does your butt cheeks spread and you see your uh, batole? And then uh, I've walked through the lobby of this place uh, with people all standing around with uh, my swimsuit split on the back, kind of like I was cool. Like I was like, look at me, I'm I'm super triathlete, dude. I'm walking around. <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. I rarely get embarrassed. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. But, but, get it? But, B-U-T-T. Uh, there's nothing you can do about it. And thank God. I'm surprised the uh, police weren't called. and But I'm glad that they weren't. And uh, just a little life lesson that just when you think you've got things kind of handled and and uh, put together, uh, life will deal you a new twist for you to try to figure out. <laughs> crack of my ass at the crack of dawn oh my god oh man so i'm on um swimoutlet.com and reordering my swimsuit and i see the other one was over a year old and um i get the uh oh, i forgot what it's called the material i need to say yes place my order and this is a cool trick um if you use swimoutlet.com they uh hold on the doorbell's ringing i wonder why hold on okay i was worried that was the police <laughs> it's not it was maid service i don't think anybody noticed but uh, uh swimoutlet.com you can uh look at your old order you can google it or search your gmail and i i went to gmail and i searched uh speedo jammer and boom, there was my order from a year ago. And I just reordered it, but in a different color. So destroyed swimsuit is not, it's an opportunity for a, a different color. My old one was black and red. I'm going to get black and blue. And, you know, it's got the size that you ordered last time, everything. So it's super cool. I'm one of these people that I don't delete old emails because I search through them to, uh, to recall stuff. And... Uh, the thing is, the swimsuits that last the longest are, uh, even though I'm talking about this one splitting on the back, that was after a lot of swimming and it finally cracked. <laughs> and um, what I'm looking for is the material. This is a good tip right here. Uh, just swimming in the water, you want polyester. Not lycra. You want the polyester uh, swimsuits. And they cost just a little bit more. Let me make sure what the material is. But they don't fade and they take forever to finally come apart. Of course, when they do come apart, it's kind of like carbon fiber. They uh, explode tragically. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yeah, polyester is what you're looking for. Mostly polyester. Definitely lasts longer and the chlorine doesn't eat them up. Okay, so that's it. I got to head down to the beach after I brush my teeth. All right, out later. All righty. 
Whoa, man. Just paddleboarded on the ocean for an hour to two hours. It wasn't me the whole time. Emily uh, took a turn or two. Um, after I was all done with uh, ordering a new swimsuit <laughs> on my... Uh, oh, I can see the table where they're sitting right now from the room. Uh, went out to the beach and Kai and his friend were out there and Emily and... I went back to the car and grabbed the Xterra inflatable paddleboard. And I guess it weighs about 35 pounds altogether. And it's in a big backpack, huge backpack. And I uh, put it on, walked it down to the beach, which takes it's a seven-minute walk probably. And then uh, pumped it up, which is another four minutes. And then got on it and started paddling around the open ocean with my uh, paddleboard, which was super, super cool. Um, the paddle folds down, you know, I mean, it's like super cool. <laughs> and then uh, 12 foot is a big board. So Kai got on the front and I was paddling him around. We were catching waves coming in and uh, it was very much more difficult than riding on a lake. So it had the chop of like a eh, semi light breezy lake. And then it also had very gentle rollers uh, going on underneath. So it fell off a bunch of times. And then Emily got on it and uh, at one time had Kai and Paul on it. Um, but she was on her knees while she was paddling that part with them on it. And then eventually got up where she was standing and then fell in. <laughs> but it's really neat. But the funny thing is you're on an inflatable paddleboard. You re All right, we're back. Um if a shark, because there's videos online of uh, sh sharks swimming underneath people on paddle boards in really clear water and they can see it. If a shark takes a bite at the paddle board, um, which is a very real thing, it, there's no chance it's going to happen, but it very possibly could happen. <laughs> it's not like a rigid paddle board where it's going to take a chunk of foam out. <laughs> that thing, this thing is going to go from a paddle board to a freaking jellyfish in like three seconds. Just go. And uh, yeah, so I was just like, man, please, please, no sharks. Don't hit anything sharp. And uh, anyway, so it's been a ton of fun. And we'll get Emily and Kai and Paul on here probably later to talk about what it was like. All right. Off to go get a burger out. All right, I am here with the ultra stud Kai Blankner. How's it going? Good. You beat me in a triathlon recently. How was that? Fun. Very yeah. fun. How much did you beat me by? Do you remember? Um. Okay, dead air is not good for podcasts. 30 something seconds. 28 seconds. Oh, I thought it was 30. All right, so every year we're going to have another sprint triathlon until I beat you. Okay. Okay. You might beat me next time, but I'm not going to quit. <laughs> I love the spirit. Punch it in. Okay, we're in Port Aransas, and I went um, for a run this morning down the beach, which was really, really nice. I did uh, 15 minutes one way, and then, you know, run back, so that's 15 minutes back, so that's half an hour, and then I went the other way 15 minutes, and then back. So it ended up being an hour. And then um, took the uh, surfboard. I have a 10-foot longboard. And it's the same longboard I got when we first moved to San Diego, like in 99, I guess. And that board 
is awesome. I just love it so much. And the surf's kind of flat. It was uh, on a 10-foot longboard, which is pretty big. I was actually able to catch a few waves and surf them, but only for a little bit. So I wanted a change-up from the paddleboard, and I... Um, I uh, prone paddleboard where I laid on my chest and just paddled up and down the coastline. <laughs> and it was awesome. I actually loved it. And then if some waves started kicking up, then I uh, surfed a few waves. And I actually posted it on Strava, which is posted in my um, Twitter feed, Zen Triathlon, on Twitter. And you can see a map. I wore my Garmin watch. I just wear it all the time. And uh, I put it into open water swim mode and recorded it. So there's like a stroke count and all that stuff. And it was um, a lot of fun. And just paddling up and down the shoreline. And uh, what was funny is I ended up covering uh, 4,100 and something yards, which is basically just a few yards short of 2.4 miles, which is an Ironman swim, which was really, really cool. And then I also wanted to say that um, I was listening to a podcast. Hey, Kai, what's up? There's lots of statues of things on the island, Port Aransas Island, or Mustang Island, that's uh, like sharks and dolphins and stuff, made out of concrete and stucco. But anyway, um, Kai was standing under a dolphin one. Uh, There's a podcast, uh, The Wolf You Feed, which has got a logo of uh, two wolves and... um, there was a really good guest and it's episode 88 and it's a rabbi um, but he's called a um, a holy rascal which is somebody that points out that the emperor has no clothes <laughs> and that all religions are fundamentally the same and that it's really about contemplation and thinking before you acting and, and what you think about and I really really strongly recommend that you go check it out if you like zen and the art of triathlon at all for the zen part then you will really like this episode um the way that he thinks the way he explains himself because he's a professional thinker uh, is better than i ever could but it is the exact same way that i think about the world and how i see uh things operate and um if you don't ever think about this kind of stuff, it's actually really enlightening to listen to this. It's fantastic. I love it. And um, it's a must listen. It's probably an hour or so of just really good content. And um, I love the holy rascal thing because I view that that's the way that I am as well. Um, I, I try to serve out there as a holy rascal where I point out um, things where if you think a little bit deeper, then it may be the exact opposite of uh, what you think. And then what's the point of everything? <laughs> and it really just makes you think. So it's really cool. And I thought... I, okay. Um, I thought I'd also point out a memory trick. As you age, uh, memory gets more and more important. So there's a trick to learning how to memorize stuff that I learned forever ago. And Emily's giving me a look. We're about to hop in the golf cart to go drive around the island. So... Maybe I'll talk about the memory trick in a second. Don't forget. <laughs> uh, well, let me do it real quick. I think I got a second. You, um, I was trying to memorize the episode at 88 
of the one you feed. And what you do is you remember it. You go, okay, it's going to be episode 88. Then you think about something else briefly for about 5, 10, 15 seconds. And that has you kind of go away. And then you go back to what episode was it? And then you go, oh, it's episode 88. And that right there burns the path into your mind in the neural pathway. So instead of hacking through the jungle of your brain, it actually burns it. So you, the thing you want to memorize, you think about it, and then you think about something else for a few seconds until you're about to forget. And then you go back and remember it again. So you have to actually struggle for it a little bit. And then that sears it into your memory. And that's it. All right. Out. Bang. Yeah. All right. Good morning. I'm out on the beach. It's Saturday morning. Sun's not up yet. And it's really, really interesting. Maybe you can hear the, uh, the waves coming ashore. A little bit of white noise. It's pretty cool. And uh, the night sky looks really, really good because there's not as much light pollution uh, where I'm at. Texas coastline is sparsely populated, so it's pretty neat. And most of it. And... Oh, let's see, a little bit down shore yesterday uh, when Kai and Emily and Paul were walking down there. They found a dead shark that was probably hmm, four foot long. I think it had died out at, in the ocean or somebody caught it and dropped it off in the ocean. And then it kind of washed ashore and looked uh, pretty hellish. Hellish, sorry. And am I getting eaten by mosquitoes? <laughs> I don't want to be eaten by mosquitoes. Uh, so yesterday I paddleboarded along the um, along the beach, but uh, no, I uh, I paddled while laying prone on my surfboard. And today, before we leave, we got to check out at 11. I'm going to uh, let's get closer to the water. I'm going to paddleboard. We're going to get really close. I don't want to start running until the sun comes up because uh, on the beach here, I could trip and fall. I'm standing where there's some light, but as soon as I go any direction one way or the other, um, I'm going to run out of light. I'm going to trip and fall down, so I don't want to do that. And I was debating about running out on the road, but I think that would be a bad idea too because of... Um, traffic there's like one highway that runs up and down the island and anyway so I got up this morning made a, a pot of coffee and drank a couple cups and had an Amrita bar so I'd like to give a shout out to Amrita bars while we're here man this make they make life so simple <laughs> Amrita bars discount code uh, Zen capital letter Z-E-N at AmritaHealthFoods.com you get 10% off your Amrita bars. I had the mango one yesterday afternoon as a snack. And I had a pineapple one, pineapple chia seed one this morning. While uh, getting up, ate half of one while getting going. And it was really, really, really nice. They're so reliable. I eat either half of one or a whole one, depending on... Um, Oh, that reminds me. I want to talk about something. While uh, 
kind of getting ready in the morning to go work out. And they're kind of slow burning because they got some fat in them and a little bit of fiber because it's chia seeds and dates. So they're not like uh, crazy uh, fast burning or anything. So I'm always proud to talk about Hamrita bars. They really do so much for me and they're a great sponsor. And they love triathlon and they've been a long time sponsor of Zentri. So go get you some. Again, 15% off, I think. 15% off. Discount code ZEN, all capital letters, Z-E-N, at amritahealthfoods.com. I love wearing their kit, too. Oh, my gosh. They got the coolest logo and color scheme going. A lot of black and then rainbow kind of colors, which looks really cool together. Looks great on the bike, by the way. And their socks. I'm wearing their socks right now. Socks are fantastic. All right. Let's see. What else do we have? Um, Oh, I ran across a couple articles yesterday that I really enjoyed learning about. And I was a little bit bored yesterday afternoon and was reading something uh, about fat, digesting fat for fuel. And hold on, there's a, a car or a UFO coming down the beach with its full brights on. I wonder what it is. It's just this blinding bright white light. Lighting up the beach. I've seen them from like five miles away coming down. What is it? It's a truck with fishing gear. Okay. All these crazy lights on the front. Anyway, so the question I asked myself was um, Does fat cause an insulin spike? Yeah, that was the question I asked. Does fat, does eating, eating fat, does eating fat make your insulin go up, right? So I went to Google. You can do this too. This was really cool. Type that in. And the resulting articles I got were really interesting. I learned something that was pretty cool. So the uh, majority of them were written by and for uh, people with diabetes because they're always trying to maintain a level blood sugar, a healthy level blood sugar. And the situation that was going on that they were answering was, I haven't eaten any carbs in a while, so why is my blood sugar high? Um, in the middle of the night or, you know, when I wake up in the morning, what's going on? Because I didn't, I ate low carb, you know, and they're like, ah, but did you eat a fatty meal? And the answer is, if you did, that's what's going on. Fat takes three to six hours, I guess depending on the fat type or whatever, maybe, uh, to digest. And it, I guess it digests in your intestines and it takes a while to get there and for your body to start using it. But when it does, <laughs> your body goes, all right, we got fuel. Now let's pump this fuel into the bloodstream. And this is why it's not just carbs that makes people have diabetes or makes people overweight. This is why calories in is calories out. Uh, you know, if you eat more calories than you, than you burn, you're going to put on weight. It's because fat does definitely count. What it is, it's a slow-burning uh, fuel. 
that will eventually get dumped into your system. And, ooh, I think the sun's coming up just a little bit. The, uh, when it gets dumped into your system, if you're not doing anything, it just raises your blood sugar because that's how your body gets energy to the muscles. So, man, so you're like, well, what? Oh, so they're like, if you ate a fatty meal, like say uh, uh, oily uh, and fatty cheese sauce, like Alfredo sauce uh, with olive oil and stuff like that before you went to bed, dude, at 4 a.m., 5 a.m., <laughs> you're going to have high blood sugar because you ate too much of it, right? So what's the upside of this? is if you look at it, if you reframe it and look at it with a different state of mind, it's actually really cool. Because what you have now is a slow burning uh, fuel source. And the way I liked looking at it was, oh, just like uh, training fuel, you want a mix of fast burning and slow burning. Well, throughout your daily diet, you have a mix of fast burning and slow burning. and then you can have nice level blood sugar without uh, so much drama going on throughout the day. And what happens is if you eat just carbs, you get uh, mood swings up and down and up and down and up and down, right? And if you eat just fat, well, your body goes haywire because you can't get fuel fast enough for when you need it. Your body likes a mix. So let's say you ate a nice even ratio of fat protein of your calories. And you gotta remember fat is more than two and a half times as dense in calories. So it doesn't take much fat. But this is why fat, fatty food, makes you feel fuller longer because you're like, ah, nice even flow of energy. That's so good. And this is where well-rounded meals come in handy you don't want to eat just carbs. You want a little bit of butter, for example, whatever, I don't know, or coconut oil, I don't know, whatever you want to do. But olive oil with your uh, toast. And that way, when the toast wears off, the carbs from the toast wears off, the fat from the uh, butter or olive oil, whatever you did, uh, keeps on cruising. And then it keeps you from bottoming out because when the uh, carbs wear out, wear off, you've still got a blood sugar source coming on slowly from your uh, intestines, from it being digested there. And I know the whole thing, coconut oil gets digested faster in your MCT oil and your liver, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, that's a special case. But think about this. Uh, Emily, my wife, is a type 1 diabetic and she has two different kinds of insulins that she takes. Insulins, insulin. Um, one's a fast acting and one's a slow acting. And she wears a pump, uh, type one diabetics wear an insulin pump nowadays. It's pretty cool if they're lucky enough to get one. And one is a slow drip and you can hear it click every once in a while as it injects a little bit of insulin into her system. It goes click. Click. Why don't you take a picture? <laughs> anyway, and then um, now let's say she sits down and eats a meal. She calculates how many carbs are in that meal. 
grams of carbs and then takes fast-acting insulin to knock that down. So she pulls out a little calculator and goes, da 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 you know, uh, 15 grams of carbs, boom, takes the right amount of insulin for that and knocks it down. But my whole point is we're looking at somebody that's doing it artificially well and they're taking slow and fast. So you can take fast and slow, slow and fast insulin uh, or food by mixing fat with uh, your carbs. And the fat is just like a slow drip of energy all throughout the day. It's really, really cool. And I think you can play around with it and find out a ratio that's kind of nice for you. And remember that things change. And then um, I guess the way you would look at protein, I'm guessing, is more like a uh, stabilizer, a fuel stabilizer. If uh, you leave fuel sitting around in your uh, gas tank for too long, like say you have a motorcycle that you store over the winter or whatever, um, the fuel goes bad. (laughs) So um, protein is more like a uh, stabilizer that keeps your blood sugar, uh, and I would say fiber as well, keeps your blood sugar from reacting too fast or too slow. So you kind of dose some of that in and get everything uh, working nicely. So I thought I'd share that with everybody. That's pretty cool. Go Google it. It's good stuff. All right. I think the sun is starting to come up just enough where I can start to run. I need to get my run in, and then we're going to paddleboard. Oh, the clear water came all the way up to shore uh, yesterday. Uh, The water right next to the beach is a little murky sometimes here, most of the time here in Texas. But the clear water is within just a few hundred yards offshore, and it's like Caribbean clear. It's super cool. And hopefully, I can't see it right now. It's too dark. But hopefully we get the same thing. And then uh, today when we go paddleboarding before we have to leave. And then also another thing that's cool is I can see the uh, offshore lights of a mix of oil rigs and uh, boat traffic that's waiting to come into the shipping channel. It's kind of neat. There's civilization living in the water. (sighs) Pretty cool. All right. Let's go for a run out there. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. I'm on my way to the pool. It is, uh, what day is today? Monday morning. I just wrapped up, you know, vacation at the beach and things went pretty well, except uh, all the time at the beach, even though we stayed out of the sun, mostly in the middle of the day. I sat down for a haircut yesterday afternoon. Uh, Got back in town, you know, one of my errands to go do. Uh, We got back in town Saturday, by the way, and... uh, we like to do that. It gives us Sunday to kind of get our crap straight so you don't roll into work on Monday morning with your whole life discombobulated everywhere. Uh, so got home Saturday evening, like 5 o'clock, 5.30. Uh, so anyway, Sunday, went for a long bike ride in the morning, and then I went and got my hair cut, is my point. And I sat down in the chair and looked up in the mirror at the uh, person looking back at me, uh, while I was getting my hair cut, and I just laughed out loud, and uh, the girl was like, what? And I said, well, she kind of knew too. I looked kind of like a tater tot. <laughs> I'm fried from being in the sun too much. I get uh, very tanned very quickly, and I just look like a piece of driftwood that had rolled up on the beach. I look like I should have a seagull or two uh, 
two seagulls on my head fighting over some funyuns is the way I looked there in the uh, barber's chair and the barber lady and I uh, barbaress started talking about um, the beach she said that she had in-law ex-in-laws that lived in Port Aransas and then I decided not to ask any further questions about that and we just talked about how fun the beach was it's funny how as you get to be a grown-up a good grown-up because there are bad grown-ups uh, that the uh, you learn to not go down routes that somebody doesn't want to talk about and uh, you just kind of leave it alone is that some guy the other day I was out bike riding and a guy asked me about Galveston and I went on and on about how to do Galveston 70.3 and he goes thank you and I thought this conversation's over so I quit talking about it but anyway uh, hopped on the bike yesterday morning and that was interesting I hadn't been on the bike in like five days but I had been on this paddle board for example and on a surfboard and the, I thought my bike was broken <laughs> being on top of something and balance, balancing myself on top of something and having a hinge in the middle of it which is where the headset is on the bike made the whole thing act backwards from what I was used to lately and I literally got off my bike and looked at it like what's going on with this thing do I have a flat front tire why is it doing this weird thing and no it just turns out that I had adapted my brain had adapted to balancing on something else that acted differently and I had already uh, you know assumed that that was normal and so now I was uh, having to relearn how to ride a bike for a few minutes, <laughs> for real. And uh, went went out and had a really nice ride and uh, learned something really cool. Actually, this has happened to me several times before. When you're paddling, uh, either with an oar or with your arms, which I did both of, you learn that the faster you go, the shorter strokes you need to take um, because you got to keep up with the speed of what you're doing, uh, the the um, the matter that you're pulling against, which would be the water, and uh, as you go faster and faster and faster, you got to dip your hand or your paddle in uh, faster. You got to up your cadence to catch, and to up your cadence, you got to shorten your stroke. And it's always a great lesson, a lesson to do something different and then take that and apply it as a refresher course against the thing that you're used to doing. So I was biking along and, and uh, imagining that the road was a, a body of water, like a river, and I was pedaling correctly as if I was pedaling, uh, paddling a uh, boat or myself along a prone paddleboard and uh, doing the right cadence at the right time is very weird and uh, very useful actually to have spent that time paddling in the ocean. I had a good ride. I had a better than expected uh, was 0.1 miles per hour faster <laughs> than last weekend on my three and a half hour ride. Uh, so 21.1 over 76 miles or something like that which is uh, such a small percentage you could just throw it out. It doesn't really matter. But it was still cool. Had a good ride, and then uh, yesterday, oh, I got my haircut, and then yesterday evening, I uh, went for a nice run, and actually ran that faster 
than I've been running recently. So that was nice. Ran 10 miles in just over an hour and a half. So like a 9.08 pace, I think. A little bit of a struggle getting going. And, oh man, that was cool. Oh, by the way, I was uh, paddleboarding Saturday morning. And as I was pumping up the board, because it's inflatable Xterra paddleboard, the... um, and it was, you know, just after daybreak. And people started pointing out that there's dolphins swimming. And actually, along the Texas coast, it's much more likely that they're porpoise. Porpoises are like smaller dolphins. Um, they're like three-quarter size dolphins. And they're just like dolphins. So they're like really friendly and happy and fun, having a good time. And uh, it's always fun to go out and play with the uh, dolphin slash porpoises. And poor pie. <laughs> and I went out there as soon as I could and got in the middle of them and paddleboarded uh, for, I was with them for about 45 minutes, maybe uh, maybe 40 minutes of paddleboarding with porpoise, dolphin slash, whatever, uh, all around me. I was talking to them. Uh, we were cruising down the coastline together like it was a group ride. And I thought, um, I wonder how close they're going to get because they were very close. I was, I was tapping the uh, water with the paddle and doing dog whistle and making little dolphin sounds uh, to try to get them to stay with me. And they were, and they seemed to be enjoying it, which was pretty cool. Or they were laughing at me. And then I was, yeah, I was wondering like, how close are these guys uh, getting to me? And there's like baby ones. Oh, it's so cute. And they, uh, I was uh, paddling, looked down, and the water visibility wasn't all that clear uh, where I was at. It was like uh, six feet, maybe. And then I noticed a few times um, they were swimming under me and twisting and turning at sharp angles and swimming away like they were having fun. Like, whoa, go go under the boat, go under that big dude's uh, weird boat thing check them out and uh, then swimming away super fast underwater they're like crazy fast and uh, which was the exact opposite of the appearance they had um, swimming around me uh, further you know like 10 uh, 50 feet away where oh I just drove right by the pool the uh, there's another turn in I can take and uh, where they're lazily like uh, you know their dorsal fins coming out of the water and they're doing the little blowhole thing which I think they're doing just for fun if you had a hole on top of your head <laughs> where you're swimming would you just like every once in a while just go poof, poof, like that it's kind of fun and uh, flopping around and stuff but being real lazy And uh, but when they were under me they were like zooming around real quick they were like scoping me out and that was neat. So that was one of those magical moments um, that you can uh, have. And uh, being in the water with the uh, dolphins and porpoises is kind of neat. Even in Texas. Oh, my God. And also, I had one of those moments where you, you think to yourself, this is why I do triathlon. This is why I stay in shape. Good endurance and strength shape is, um, you know, up and down the beach, most people are shaped kind of like, uh, um, 
most grown-ups and kids now too are shaped kind of like uh, gumdrops and Hershey's Kisses, kind of like Weeble Wobbles. And uh, the number of people that can actually do anything physical for more than uh, 30 seconds is sadly small. And um, they're missing out. And it sucks. It's too bad. And as a uh, dad, you know, staying in good shape and being fit uh, allowed me to get out there with the dolphins. And it allowed me to uh, get the family out there. And it allowed me to uh, just do a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, Pack up the car, you know, and load stuff and carry heavy stuff efficiently and be on top of things and have energy and feel good and be the dad that I want to be. And yeah, thank you, triathlon. Very much uh, due to uh, endurance sports and a little bit of strength stuff mixed in. So uh, if you're working your way towards that direction, then uh, yes, it is on the horizon. It's fantastic. It's really, really cool. All right, that's it for this episode. Uh, Lots of races happen this weekend. We'll cover that in the news. And I guess I'll check you all later. Hey, if you want to help support the show, go check out zentrathlon.com. Look on the left-hand side of the page. There's a a PayPal donation link. You can set up a recurring or a one-time donation and give back to the show that you spend so many hours uh, enjoying and learning stuff from. And I really, really appreciate it. And it's good stuff, man. That is a validation that uh, I'm doing something useful and great out there for everybody. It makes me feel good. It makes me... uh, really enjoy putting on even more shows i'm on the right track so it's good feedback so support your support your podcast man these things cost uh money and time and it's uh <sighs> it's hard work man it's really hard work but let's not drone on and on about that let's go ahead and talk about you i want you to work the uphills cruise the downhills and keep the rubber side down out Oh, my God.